It's seven o'clock. Do you know where your freedom is? Pennsylvania Avenue, an address that changes all the rules. Signs of force? No. So you're saying sex, not rape. So she had sex in the White House? They were there. Who was where? The president and the first lady. They were in the White House. This is global, detective. It's a little bit off your turf. This is a homicide. This is my turf. The presidency is an institution, not a person. An institution will be protected at all costs. If the president or any member of his family killed Carla Town, they would call me before they even wiped the blood off their hands. So what are you going to do? I'm going to put the president in a lineup? Where are you going with this? Either to the White House or to the press. You were born to become a chalk outline. And with... And was that a bong hit? <laughs> <laughs> medicinal. It's medicinal. Yeah, that's it. There you go. <laughs> I, re- I recognize that sound anyway. Well, you know, for... We, we do not have to get started, but I will tell you, in my preparation for this, yes. I am going method. I am getting into the 1990s DC homicide cop persona, so... I didn't shave. Today. Oh, nice. All right. Uh, I checked with the wife <laughs> and she's cool with it. We got divorced just for okay. the day so I can be a divorced, right. unshaven, mm-hmm. smoking, caffeinated guy who breaks all the rules. And, uh, and Very nice. I don't know. I, I went with the way Wesley Snipes did it because I couldn't find anything, if there was anything, in the character development from when Bruce Willis was supposed to play the part. Oh, I didn't know he was supposed to play the part. He left early on. Interesting. Okay, well, Snipes had the, he definitely had the the uh, cigar going that he never lit. Yep, yep. It's like the Columbo, <laughs> but with tobacco still. Yeah, that's or right. Or Kojak. Was that, which one of those? It was a Kojak that always uh, had the, the pop, the lollipop? Yeah. That's the... right, that's right. Kojak. Um, yeah. Who loves you, baby? <laughs> that was his uh, tagline, right? 
I think so. I, I definitely seen more uh, Columbo than Kojak. I'm sure everybody's got a good or terrible. Uh, I, I can't even try. I can't even try to do his 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 uh, <coughs> an impression of him. I, I was trying to see if I could do Alan Alda for mm-hmm. for this one, but you know, I'm not very good at it. Yeah, I there's I've, there's a few people that are, that are good at Alan Alda, but he's kind of he's kind of his own person, you know. Yeah, it's 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 almost like Kermit the Frog, but you know, a little. Less oh, it is weird. a little bit. Yeah. yeah, it's like a smooth. It's like oh shit, did you <laughs> deep cuts early on? I don't know if this is all gonna get cut out, but did you ever watch that mm-hmm. uh, show Family Matters? Uh, yeah, yeah, of course I with, did. Sure. With, uh, you know, the cop from Die Hard after he retired, he just became a small mm-hmm. neighborhood cop or whatever. Yeah, that was like <laughs> like an 80s, 80s sitcom, right? Yes. And when uh, Steve Urkel would go into that machine <laughs> and come out as Stefan Urkel, and he's still super smart, but he's a little right. less nervous, or I, I guess, or a little bit more confident. More confident? <laughs> yeah. Alan Alda is... Like a more confident and relaxed Kermit the Frog is, is I think, where I'm going to go in my... Oh, man. Dude, that's classic, man. <laughs> I never thought of it that way. I'll never not think of it that way again. <laughs> but anyway, sorry. The, 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 the medicine I took a few minutes ago is yes. trying to counteract a little bit of the espresso I had. So I chatter on less about nothing than usual. I don't want to say so I don't chatter on about nothing because that's what psychosemantics all about. But anyway, see, you picked Murder at sixteen hundred. Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it it's a movie I haven't seen in a long time, man. And there were several things that you I, I, I was listening to you a couple of weeks ago, and you were talking about several movies that you you know plan to be covering over the next year. Some of some of which were documentaries, and I was just like. I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe eventually I'll want to be on a podcast talking about a documentary. But you know, I, I too many of these documentaries are, are hitting way too close to home lately. You know? Yes, I, I, I'm a little bit behind myself just because of all the regular real world stuff that I pay. Oh uh, yeah, of know? course. <laughs> and after yes. after a day of that, I'm a little less likely to. Watch a movie about, although I did, so <laughs> I'm just pulling this from, I put it off forever, watching The Report. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've, you've you've seen The Report, right? I've, um, okay, is that the one that has Adam Driver in it? Yes. Okay, I've, I've heard some good things and some bad things. What, have you have seen it, correct? I saw it a couple weeks ago, yeah. It's not in All the President's Men, but it is a pretty good mm-hmm. telling of the CIA the post 9/11 CIA torture program mm-hmm. pretty informative in okay. the length of time that it's in and uh, Adam Driver explores his emotional range not as much as he does in the Kylo Ren sort of tantrums but he's not <laughs> <laughs> but he's not deadpan it's sort of like he how he is in uh, the dead don't die which was more on purpose anyway but mm-hmm. yeah you you guys were, you guys were fans of that i listened to your um Ah, uh, what was the movie you guys were covering where you you talked about oh Ghost Dog, Way of the Samurai? I gotta tell you, man, I'm 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 not a huge Jarmusch fan. I love I love the the vampire movie that he did, with Tom Hiddleston in it, where they were in oh man, help me out here, was it Istanbul or Turkey or something like that? 
Was that which I guess is alive? That's the one. Yeah, I like that. He's hit and miss with me too. Uh, you know, I'm not against mm -hmm. him, but I, I didn't run out. I didn't run right out and watch it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Was it Dead Man? Did he do Dead Man, that black and white western with Johnny Depp? For fucking ever ago. You know what he I. He did do that, um, and that's one I've never seen. I've wanted to because I know it has like some Western elements to it. It's got a lot, and if I remember right, it's probably been fifteen years since I've I've seen it. That came yeah, out, it was one uh, one of his earlier ones, or ninety five maybe. That long ago, okay. Yeah, before Murder at sixteen hundred, which came out in nineteen. 97. I haven't seen Gimme Danger yet. I think that's the mm -hmm. that's the, the Jim Jarmusch uh, documentary that I wanted to see. But if it's anything like uh, he did one about Joe Strummer about 10, 15 years ago. I think you it's called The done. Future is Unwritten. Okay, and, and we've been talking about, the, or we've been messaging back and forth about The Clash a lot lately. We have. Any, I guess we should probably talk a little bit about Murder at 1600 before we, we get into more, uh, I imagine we've got some stuff about the outside. Well, do you want to get into outside the movie stuff or do you want to keep it close to the movie today? Well, uh, we, we can do a little of each, man, whatever, however it flows. Because I, like, like I said, I've listened to pretty much all of your episodes, so I know no, no two are exactly alike. <laughs> There's um there's a basic structure, but uh, you know, it it's kind of good to get out of that you know rigid structure sometimes. Leslie Sipes was pretty huge back then. I mean, this is what there was. This there was Passenger Fifty Seven, and the first Major League, and God, what uh, other other thing? Demolition Man was he in Demolition Man? Oh yeah, yeah, with uh, Sylvester Stallone, right? I, I, I thought it was I thought it was Sly Stallone. I thought Sly Stallone was like the good guy and Snipes was like the the uh, diabolical murderer that had been like frozen <laughs> like their punishment instead yes. of being put into prison or put to death was they'd be frozen. <laughs> I guess they he, he got thawed out or something like that and wreaked havoc on the world. That is that is who was in it. I. I kept getting that memory kept getting blocked by Judge Dredd. Well, so my favorite, uh, I mean, God damn, dude, I forgot how fucking cool Wesley was back in the day. You know, when he comes out at the beginning of the movie and starts talking to that guy and he said, I know where you're coming from, man. I feel like I'm going crazy, too. I just got evicted, in fact. And he just kind of punches him out and grabs the gun and says it was on safety. <laughs> they were going to shoot you, Jeffrey, because Dennis Miller shows up and mm -hmm. shows you the type of person he's going to become in the real world now, where he's like, tell him to shoot sure, him. He's, he's sure. holding up fucking traffic. <laughs> right. <laughs> he's, he's such a douchebag, but I loved him when he was on, when he did the news on Saturday Night Live. His weekend updates were great. And I used to enjoy his, I think it was an HBO show or something like that, or one of those yes. late night things. Mm -hmm. And then there was just this, I don't know, he hit some age, he, he, he hit some age where <laughs> he drastically jerked to the right. And we, yes, he and I disagree very now obnoxious. on a lot of things. Yeah. Right. Um, Which, how much of that, but really though, how much of that do you think he really believes versus 
he's just like trying to get attention and and be relevant again, you know. Uh, I get that impression. I could be all wrong, but it's I, I don't feel like he believes all that stuff necessarily. A lot of those. I'm probably on either end of the spectrum. When you get some people on TV, they probably don't believe half the shit they say. I don't know if you ever listened to uh, Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, um, but that who that is, it, it's a podcast from one of the main hosts of Last Podcasts on the Left. That that like super huge popular podcast, true crime and stuff like that. I, yeah. I'm assuming you've listened to some of it. Yeah, true crime, serial killers, uh, UFO stuff, Bigfoot things, right? Cults, but yeah, the the guy on there, Ben, has a show that's been around for mm-hmm. a while called Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, where it's mostly just political talk, and he sometimes okay. Uh, uh, I don't know if he's written for other things. He's he's run for office, something in Brooklyn, something in New York, and I think he goes no on Fox News on occasion. Um, okay. Uh, maybe other TV networks, but yeah, they, they talk a lot, a lot of politics and he's like, you know, they'll tell you right before they go on camera, what they think about something. And then they'll just go on and read from the script, but mm-hmm. enough plugging a show of, that's really famous. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I do a lot of driving and the, the ones that I tend to go in and give the five star reviews to are the ones where it actually makes a difference. Where we're the, where the, the podcasters actually need the review. So see, we're all we're all truly one one community, aren't we? As uh, what fuck Matthew Lillard said in Hackers, I am oh rambling. Oh my god, <laughs> that is going way back, man. Hackers was definitely before Murder at sixteen hundred, right? I I was thinking, was it like late eighties or like super early nineties? Fuck, I don't know, man. And you know, I feel bad. I covered it about a year or two ago. I think it was 95. I think it, it was it, ni- yeah. 95 or 94. A little bit before this. Yeah, still before this. This came out in 1997. Mm-hmm. This came out Bill Clinton's last term. But, oh, sorry, we you did did you finish talking about what your, your favorite Wesley Snipes role? Oh, you know what? My favorite uh, Wesley Snipes role is past year 57, and it all comes down to one quote. And it's a quote that my wife and I use every single time we we go to a casino and play roulette. (laughs) And we live by it, man. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about, right? Always bet on black. (laughs) After Major League, Passenger 57 might have been... Right. uh, Willie Mays Hayes. White Men Can't Jump. I definitely saw that movie a lot when I was a Mm -hmm. teenager. New Jack City. That was a good one. Uh, Rosie Perez was in that one, right? And White Men Can't Jump? Yeah, she was yeah. uh, Woody that... Harrelson's really smart girlfriend that went on Jeopardy. Not to be confused with the uh, Weird Al song, I Lost on Jeopardy, I lost baby. Jeopardy. <laughs> I think that's as much of the song as we can sing without infringing right. on the copyright. That's the other reason it can make sense to fly under the radar, you know? Do you know who doesn't fly under the radar in Murder at 1600? The President's Son... Kyle. Ah, Trump Jr. <laughs> yeah. Uh fuck. He Kyle Neal. Uh does it matter? Right. <laughs> I, mean, I can't remember the last names either. Was but, it President Neal, huh? Yeah, I think it's President Neal. 
through the miracle of IMDb here. <laughs> Ronnie Cox plays President Jack Neal. You got me, man. I had to look it up. <laughs> he caught me red-handed. It's it, it's sort of a beach read book, DC whodunit crime book names. You know, there's President Jack right? Neal, and then there's Nina Chance. Um, <laughs> that's that's right. Diane Lane. Yeah, Wesley sure. Snipes, grizzled Wesley Snipes is Detective Harlan something, Harlan Regis. Oh man, right out, right out, a gumshoe right out of a, a fucking dime store paperback, right? Yeah, but yeah, Ron, President Ronnie Cox, we'll probably just call him that. The governor from uh, Silence of the Lambs is Mrs. First Lady Neal. <laughs> uh, who else? I mean, we already talked about Dennis Miller and. Alan yeah. Alda oh, is spo- the national security advisor. And and how spoilery are we going to get early on here for a 1997 movie? 1997 movie. movie. We'll just say if you if you haven't seen this movie, <laughs> right? Stop now. Slap yourself on the wrist. Not to you know. I, I I'm going to be out in the open about it. I still enjoyed this movie. It is not without its cheese. But mm-hmm. spoiler alert in five, four, three, two, one. There you go. <laughs> Man, no, nobody wants to hate Alan Alda. He's like America's grandfather, you know? Well, they say the nice God guys play the it. best villains. Yeah, I guess that's true, right? That's true. Look at uh, Dexter, right? You saw the series Dexter? Mm-hmm. They're coming yeah, to get you. And, yeah. <laughs> you remember, um, uh, what was the, uh-oh. We've angered, get me. we've angered the uh, deep state. <laughs> What was the one season with uh, John? You, you remember the season with uh, John Lithgow? The Trinity Killer. Yeah, I, he I made the absolute he best called, yeah. evil killer, right? I think that's what he was called. He Obviously. was a good villain in what that the Santa Claus movie in uh, with Dudley Moore. He was a good villain in that. He was like the CEO that smoked the cigars and everything, yeah, right? The horrible corporate guy, always that's sweaty right. hair. That's right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> But he can also play such a great good guy, too, though, right? One of my favorite things that he's done was The World According to Garp. Well, that book that book was amazing. I'm, I'm one of these uh, readers that actually, you know, no surprise to you, because you guys were talking about it on the VD Clinic, but Vanessa's got her goal to do 24 books this year. And we're kind of like holding each other accountable through messaging. She's She's kicking my ass, dude. She's like six or seven books in, and I'm on my fourth <laughs> one right now. Well, you know, we but, have required um, reading every month, so she's guaranteed, well, almost every guaranteed month. Guaranteed that. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I am one of those readers that I really do, and people are, get on me and they're like, well, it, is all you really want to see? You bitch about every movie that's based on a book you've read, Lance. Do you just literally want to see a scene-for-scene scene book put on the screen? And I'm actually one of those guys that does. I do not like it when they change you know, endings and characters and stuff like that. Unless we're talking about the new Pet Cemetery, which I I really loved and everybody else hated. I think everything always was divisive, but there's just a lot more okay. communication. Ah, that makes perfect sense. Kind of like um, uh, cancer always was there, but now we hear about it more, right? Because they actually know how to diagnose it. Whereas back then they called it dying of old age or whatever. And you know Monsanto's had eighty more true. years to soak shit into our <laughs> into our water, but that's oh man, I that's was thinking another... the same thing. 
that's another. Story. No. It's not the only thing, but yeah. It... Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell. You, I'll tell you what is what is kind of interesting though is when we were driving to uh, New Orleans because you know us, dude. We're always traveling, and um, we went up to New Orleans because my daughter runs in the marathon every year, and this time we took the granddaughters with us. So we were, you know, you pass through like Freeport and like southern parts of Houston, and it just like my granddaughter was like. Ooh, what is that stink? What is that smell? Because you pass all the refineries. Just thinking, man, I would not want to be drinking the uh, drinking water out of this area <laughs> over here at all. Because like you're passing through the southern part of Houston, going toward Louisiana, and that's all it is. It's just like nothing but all these steel girders and these nasty giant plants that are blowing smoke into the air and steam and just. Trickling God knows what into the ground from all those old pipes that, of course, we don't regulate anymore, right? So why fix them? That hinders the free market, goddammit. <laughs> exactly. It slows things down, right? Apparently. As they, said, as they said, what was it, uh, Palin and them were saying, drill, baby, drill. You remember that? Oh, God. Yeah. It's what I think every time <laughs> Megan McCain tries to say her dad was a political genius. So we have uh, we have an election coming up, huh? Oh, it's less than a year away now. I'm starting I'm starting to get lots of text messages, man, and so is my wife. Actually, uh, I get a lot of text messages to my phone that are addressed to her. You think about 20 years ago, nobody had cell phones, and now all of a sudden, you know, everybody has to have one. It's really weird how quickly that happened, right? They it started out like. Breaking Bad with those shitty burner phones. I didn't get a cell phone until I started going out on tour, just just to have a phone in case we were in the middle of yes. Because I was thinking about that when you said New Orleans. I've only been there twice. Once was on tour in a band, and once was a couple years ago when the missus had a social worker conference down there. Oh, and nice. The first time I was down there, it was uh, Tropical Storm Cindy was getting ready to hit. I don't even I don't even remember that one. That was okay. a, a week or two before Katrina. No shit. Yeah. Uh, uh, so they, they kind of got double hit then, huh? We were in New Orleans for the Tropical Storm where they suggested evacuating. All the bands canceled on us. We played until the power went out and then the bartender took us around the city and we got shit faced. <laughs> and That's we easy to do in New Orleans. <laughs> we had we had uh, made our way show wise to Vegas when Katrina uh, hit New Orleans. So you're doing the Hunter S. Thompson memori- Memorial Tour, huh? Yeah, basically <laughs> down and <laughs> down and around and back again. <laughs> Stum- stumbling your way, tripping hard, stumbling your way around Circus Circus. Yep. <laughs> Crashed at the house of uh, one of the guys in one of the bands we played with was like a gladiator at Caesar's Palace or something like that for work. Or, oh, nice. You know, everybody okay, cool. worked Everybody worked at a casino somehow. Yeah, but, of course. Um, so wh- when were you guys most recently in uh, New Orleans? Um, two or three years ago. Oh, dude, if you ever go again, please, please let me know, man. I, I don't know how rigid your schedule is when you're there, but... Uh, we're there all the time. It's it's like a six hour drive, six or seven hour drive for me. So, I, I will for sure. I'm pretty sure we didn't not didn't know each other or we hadn't spoken much the last time we went by because I try to keep tabs okay. on where in the country everybody is. Not all at mm-hmm. once. I am 
I am not Alan Alda in Murder of Sixteen Hundred, or I am right? not the deep state that is the villain in this movie. Uh, right, right. But yeah, uh, because there are so many people that I sort of know now that I've been in your cities playing shows mm-hmm. before we knew each other. Yeah, well, that's the thing about being a musician, dude. Um, especially if you were doing any amount of touring. So how? How does that work, man? Like financially, it seems like that'd be really expensive. Like to, uh, you know, you got to get get a hotel room and of course all the, you know, the gasoline or whatever to get there, and um, expenses, eating out, and all that kind of stuff. To, to, I mean, probably gets. I, I I just I guess I'm just curious. Do you even make enough money, you know, playing the gigs to cover all that? You make most of your profits off merch. Okay. Um, so, okay. So, so a basic tour would be something like if we're counting more than a weekend tour for, you know, if it's like five days or longer or something like that, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I'd probably say went on 10 or more tours. You know, the, the longest one was the big U S one that had that new Orleans trip. And we went from Columbus down through to Kentucky and Georgia <laughs> and being a not really big band. We did not get mm-hmm. a hotel any of these days. You know, you, you'd play the show. Hopefully, you've lined up a place to crash. Uh, uh, you know, uh, oh, okay, the show gotcha, or... man. So there's there's a lot of couch surfing involved. Then. Lots of couch surfing. You know, gotcha. There's, there's a lot okay. of traded gigs. Okay. You know, when a, a band wants to come through your city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you make all those connections. Uh, keep track. You know, our guitar player had a a written notebook because <laughs> he never learned to type. He might, he yeah, might type whatever works. Right. Yeah. So yeah, just a notebook and it's like people in different cities and States. And you're just like, okay, stay with you, stay with you. Okay. Here's the show where you tell everybody that you don't have a place to stay. And you know, a lot of the times, especially I'm sure most music communities are like this, but I really think in the, in the punk rock community, there's almost always somebody that's like, yeah, fuck it. Come back to my house. Usually, if well, if, if mean, a band fucks somebody home. over on tour, they would never get a gig in that yeah. town again. So it's Makes all on sense. the honor yeah, system. Word, word of mouth and all that, right? Yeah, yeah. And you, know, you eventually make friends. Like we we lucked out on that tour because our bass player had to go home. Because he well yeah had to. He chose to go home because his dad had to have emergency surgery. Um, yeah, he was going to rejoin us, but he didn't. So it was just me and the guitar player for until we got to California. And then a friend of ours who still lives out there, she learned most of the songs off the CDs of ours that she had on bass and played bass for us the whole time we were in California. And totally got recharged before we went through Idaho, which is where we made the most money on that tour was playing a yard in Idaho. Are you fucking <laughs> kidding me, dude? We you, were <laughs> like somebody's yard they're at their home? Yeah, it was some some guy's party and they hadn't had a wow. they hadn't had a show in months. Well, what what's Idaho famous for besides potatoes? I guess that's it, right? Well, after the show, the some of the kids took us and showed us where Evil Knievel jumped a gorge. And the the ramp was still there, like rotting away. Holy shit! But yeah, they, there was like they hung out there and they hung out at Taco Bell's, and I think they okay. Hunt. I think they hunted. 
hunting dogs. Uh, There's a lot of animal heads in the house. That that would be a great name for a band, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Hunting punks. (laughs) It works on so many levels, right? (laughs) But like I said, with merch, we pretty much sold all of our T-shirts and CDs and shit. Um, cool. Everybody pulled a bunch of money together. But yeah, we went through. We, we would usually end in Chicago because Chicago is a six or seven hour drive to here. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, kind of like from here, from where I live to New Orleans, in other words. Yeah. But yeah, lots of couch surfing. One time we did stay at a hotel because we were on tour with uh, that girl who lived in California. Her mm-hmm. band. We went on tour with them. And... We had a lot of mutual friends, so usually it would just be we'd all go and crash at the same person's house. But the last night of the tour, the guy that ran the club canceled the show because he said there weren't enough people there. So we got a hotel and got fucked up. For ah, like a big you're there anyway, right? Party. Yeah. <laughs> we got a little shitty because they he wouldn't refund people's money and there were people that drove uh, from Baltimore. That sucks. To, yeah, to, that sucks. Uh, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. But anyway. No, no, it doesn't. Th- th- this is going to work perfectly because dig this, man. It doesn't sound like you guys were able to enjoy the same uh, white male privilege as um, as our as our as our hero, young young Mister Neil, did in this movie. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> we did play DC on that tour. There we go. There's two there connections to this movie. Fucking a man. <laughs> DC is a fun place to go on tour. Well, so I I thought I knew for sure which direction this movie was going. Didn't you? I remembered the ending as soon as I started watching it. Or are we talking about first time? I, I didn't, man. Okay. Well, I I actually I actually had seen it once. Uh, actually, my wife reminded me because she had been uh, cooking. We had a lot of family over tonight, and they were grilling. And uh, she came into the room and she said, oh, we've seen this movie before. And I said, really? <laughs> so I, I didn't really remember. So it was kind of like watching it anew for me. So, oh, that's awesome. you know, I, de- I definitely knew all the I, I thought it was a pretty uh, it's not super high rated. And I don't think it has a big cult following, but I, re- I definitely enjoyed watching it. And I, I like the twists. You know, they started out with all the the privileges of the, you know, what what you get to experience when you happen to be the son of a president, and of course he was involved, right? Of course he was guilty. And then, um, and then when uh, Snipes met up with him in the park in that one scene about halfway through the movie, and he and you could kind of see by the look on his face that he wasn't involved in this. And I was kind of like, where's the twist going to go? But I did, I really didn't see Grandpa Alda being the bad guy, man. Well, you know. Or was he a bad guy? Maybe he did have the best. Uh, maybe he did have the best intentions for the country at heart. You know, I mean, the North Korea had had those American soldiers held prisoner for several days, right? They they did. Although, how the fuck did they get there? <laughs> I don't know. North man. Korea didn't there's come a, and get them. They were there. There's a for few something. plot holes. <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna say well, there's not. I'm I'm just saying that <laughs> I mean look that the U.S. the soldiers Apoc- being apocalypse held now. captive apocalypse now Apo- apocalypse now or the hurt locker this ain't <laughs> <laughs> you know but it was it was a good enjoyable movie man I'm glad we picked it oh I mean I think they didn't tell us but I think it's pretty clear that the soldiers that were captured were there for nefarious reasons 
and the Warhawks and all the generals and the vice president and Alan Alda, who, what was right. his, what was his position? Uh, national security advisor. Def- defense secretary. There you go. Yeah. yeah. The defense secretary was the, <coughs> was the general, I think that, that, uh, was like, Mr. President, you're boarding on, bordering on illegal. And he, Ron, President Ronnie Cox is like, right? I'm going to do my duty and say you're motherfucking fired. But yeah, well, you probably would have seen Alan Alda being, a, at least he's a villain to me. Because he's like, yeah, we'll totally just, you know, you think China's going to get in our way? We'll fuck up China, too. It's on the way to North Korea. And so they're, they're <laughs> so- angry at the president for not just jumping into World War Three. Because, I mean, China was already kind of powerful in 1997. And... Not uh, like they are now, thanks to us buying all of their products. Had, uh, you would have seen the, the possibility of Alan Alda being a villain if you think of other past national security advisors, uh, such as... Let me see. Let me get to see if there's some names that you recognize... Uh, you know, Colin Powell, Condoleezza Rice, Mike Flynn, mm-hmm. <laughs> John Bolton, okay. the mustache. Right. Um, uh, right. Uh, even, you know, Susan Rice. She, uh, I don't think she is related to Condoleezza Rice. But Condoleezza was with George W. Bush and Susan was with Barack Obama. He had... Mm-hmm. Three, <laughs> three national security advisors in eight years. Uh, George W. Bush and Bill Clinton each had two over their eight years. Donald Trump has had. Oh, wow. Five, <laughs> five in three years. You're shitting me. I, if you okay. count, if you so count that, the acting that... ones. But yeah, there's Keith Kellogg was 2017. H.R. McMaster was 2017 to 18. John Bolton was 2018 to 19. Charles Kupperman was acting throughout 2019. And then later in 2019, Robert O'Brien was confirmed as the fifth. You know, you know what that that and that ties full circle back into the beginning of the movie, right? The guy that was holding the gun to his head, right? That said, I'm going to shoot myself. I just got fired by the president. The first thing I thought was fucking this guy must work for Trump. (laughs) (laughs) They just threw me out. Oh, did you say you work for the Interstate Commerce Commission? (laughs) They're evicting me and I have to save my my whole apartment building for some reason. But I say that I don't really know why is that everybody thinks. That since I'm a cop, I can do it. But well, you know what? <laughs> Here is my weird total. This is part of why I think that the Wesley Snipes character is a divorced homicide detective. Because he definitely doesn't okay. live with anybody. With all that. Yeah, but he has that. But he has that huge fucking recreation of, of the of the which battle was that? That he had spread all over his living room. There was one with Stonewall Jackson, so, and there was another one. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but I think they were all like, based dude, around this man DC. Is, okay, so he's a cop. He, he's a cop that just happens to be a a, a a completely completely rabid war historian, right? Yep, war historian, uh, Washington D.C. historian, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, like, oh, this is better. Th- this is better than therapy. I think he says, "I'm a homicide cop." Mm-hmm. That's right. He did. Capital. He did. Do you think he's partners with Dennis Miller, or do you think they just know each other? Because other than them showing up together at the suicide that's blocking traffic, they only deal with each other on the phone. Uh, well, I guess what well, there's that thing at the end where he's the distraction. He plays the. In- is he wearing a windbreaker suit? I feel like he he just. Shows up dressed like a tourist, and he distracts the police so Snipes and Diane Lane can do something sneaky. Yeah, I don't know. At at first, I kind of thought they were actually like partners assigned to each other, but now that you mention it, no, it's not like they worked together on the whole case, you know? I mean, Snipes was just like the super detective, (laughs) kind of like the Sherlock Holmes of Washington, D.C., if you will, you know, that, (laughs) that figured everything out. Even though he had some wrong theories at first, but he was willing to admit when he, you know, his his line of thinking wasn't in line with what actually happened. And he he was willing to change his mind, you know, when he, like I said, at that pivotal point where he met the little douchebag president's son in the park. Yeah, Kyle. And boy, does that guy get a lot of acid. <laughs> I would imagine. Like, well, I don't know. There haven't have there been more first daughters. I, I try to block out the family that's going well, on right now. True. But... You you always I... There were the Bush twins, there's the Obama I don't know. I mean, daughters, course... Chelsea Clinton. Right, right. I don't Yep. Again, all females. Yeah. Well you've got the little Trumpians now. Yeah. You know, Baron or as his dad likes to call him, Melania's son. What what are their names? What isn't one of them Donald Jr.? There's Donald Jr. He's the one that usually has his mouth open and is they're, okay. He, he's the chosen one that they say is going to run after his dad dies or whatever or leaves office. So is one of them. I'm not. I'm not trying to. I'm really, honestly, not trying to be offensive here. But isn't one of them kind of borderline <laughs> developmentally disabled? Yeah, seriously. All kidding um, aside, I think they're just dumb like their dad because there's Donald Jr. Okay. and Eric. And Ivanka. Eric, and that's who I'm thinking of, right? Eric's the blonder one that you see less often. Okay. Don Donald Jr. is the one that's always on TV and retweeting people from QAnon. And gotcha. Uh, shit, he he's wrote the, he wrote that fa- book called Triggered that they didn't. So he's sell the very face. Well. Yeah. He he's the heir okay. apparent. He's the the namesake. There's a daughter called. Tiffany that I think isn't really involved much uh, in the politics end. Um, and then, of course, son-in-law Jared Kushner, who's going to solve the sure. you know, whole right. peace in the Middle East thing. He's he's Jewish, correct? Yes. And I think Ivanka okay. converted for the marriage. And that was one of the things Donald okay. usually brings up when he's like, I, I don't like Nazis. My my kids are Jewish. It's like him saying, I have a black friend. You know, I can't possibly be racist because I have a black friend. Or. Yeah, you hear that a lot, don't you? From certain people. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, More often. There's no way I could be a misogynist. There's there's no way I could be a misogynist. I have a sister. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so there's a North Korean hostage crisis in this movie that. Alan Alda and the generals are like, let's fucking go get him. And you're a coward mm-hmm. for not starting war. 
because he's trying to negotiate. Uh, he's always on the phone talking about grain. Yeah. China wants the grain. I guess now it's the soybeans, which I don't know where all the soybean, all the American soybeans are going to go now that China's getting them from everybody else. Sure. Right, of course. But, you know, maybe <laughs> I would just love to see Trump well, telling I mean, everybody to start eating tofu. For America, you have to get the tofu. I'm going to keep eating hamburgers. <laughs> that are quasi-beef, right? Yeah. The <laughs> McDonald's quasi-beef hamburgers. Never frozen, only the best. Right? <laughs> As long... <laughs> Dude, you did. You just did a great impression. Not of, not of Trump, <laughs> but of um. Oh fuck, the the dude from Beetlejuice that does it on Saturday Night Live now all the time. Oh, uh, uh, impression you, you of Alec Baldwin doing Trump. That's probably where I got it. Absolutely. Yep, Alec Baldwin. There you go, man. <laughs> um. As long as long as they. Long as they keep subsidizing the the big farms that are growing corn, right? So we can keep keep our kids healthily full of of corn syrup. Corn, yep. Because God knows that's helping them grow big and strong, right? <laughs> Got to get them ready for the draft. Um, no, I hope right. that doesn't happen. So. so yeah, this this is kind of like you know, I, another thing I really like about this movie is that it really takes advantage of being a DC movie. You know, you'll usually see the Washington mm-hmm. Monument in the background or the memorials yeah. and the buildings. And I mean, I don't, th- they, they didn't technically say the title of the movie in the movie, which sometimes is just, Oh God, they actually did it. And sometimes it's, Oh God, they actually did it. But it's mm-hmm. what 1600. What? I think he says when he's, so the first time he goes to the not to circle all the way back to the beginning but when he goes to the white house is he drunk Mm -hmm. because he's at the bar drinking Um, with dennis miller and he's like yeah i got a suit and a tie and then he goes to the white house oh yeah because he got called yeah right right then and there and that's when they said 1600 and that's when everybody raised their eyebrows because they knew it had to be 1600 pennsylvania right yep and they they dropped their beards interesting i don't know so maybe maybe he started out drunk and that's why he didn't notice that for some reason the national security advisor was there at the white house late at night when the president was supposed to be at camp Mm -hmm. david with the dog but the dog was there because diane lane opened everybody's going around opening the doors and diane lane finds the dog Mm -hmm. and right right one of the one of the guys with the, the uzi or some shit finds the Secretary of Defense sleeping on the couch. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's like, "Oh, sorry, sir." And well, see, that—that's—that's that's where they mis- misled me early on because I thought, because um, everybody was trying to kick Snipes out of there, like you don't belong here. This isn't your jurisdiction. And I thought Alan Alda was going to be, you know, an ally from the beginning there. But yeah. little did we know, he wanted him there so they could set up the 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 breadcrumb trail, right? Yeah, <laughs> to lead to the president's son, <laughs> to to build the narrative. Like, um, what what does the what does his chief say? Something. Uh, you're in this for the same reason that they brought in the mm-hmm. doctors in Dallas two hours uh, after Kennedy died. After, yeah, that was a pretty good quote, actually. Another quote that I liked from this movie was uh sort of near the end i, I don't know we, we, we sorry you, well you know how we do this sorry to anybody that this is your first time mm-hmm. i'm a little hyper 
right now. But uh, Secretary Alan Alda says uh, the, the Teddy Roosevelt quote, if given the choice between righteousness and peace, I choose righteousness. And they're just like, he's got a gun! Like in Nightbreed, except for different. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't think we were going to go Clive Barker, man. <laughs> uh, I think Cronenberg is the best performance of someone yelling, he's got a gun in a movie. <clears throat> but Oh, yeah. The, the button eyes, right? Yes. I saw that movie again not too long ago. It really, it to me, it holds up. I think so. I like the director's cut more than the theatrical cut. Do but you? I, yeah, it's a little I, bit longer, right? It is a little bit longer, but it's a little bit more... I, I feel like there's just a little bit something extra, uh, other than time, uh, you know, in, in well, story. Well, see, the, the book the book had a, had a pretty long sex scene. And in the movie, all you kind of see is the two characters uh, getting together, and then it pans to something else, and then it comes back to him, and the main dude's winking. <laughs> it's like, in yeah. other words, it's like, if you read the book, you know what just happened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's I pretty mean, graphic. Clive Barker loves describing cocks and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but speaking of that scene you're talking about, that's also sort of in the beginning of this mm-hmm. movie. Because there's the, after the suicide scene with the guy who okay. had a gun who also was in another scene of someone yelling he's got a gun because he was in Dumb and Dumber. He was the villain in Dumb and Dumber. What? I'm pretty sure. Wait a minute. Oh, he he was in this? Yeah, the guy that's going to shoot himself in the beginning of the of Murder 1600. I'm pretty sure he... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the, he, the guy yeah. that had... Had the gun on himself. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he is the guy that pretended to be the family friend that was actually behind the kidnapping of uh, Interesting. Okay. husband. Um, and he, if they're mm-hmm. the same person, the story is about both of them, but the guy that was in Murder at 1600, he actually did sadly end up killing himself later in life. That's pretty bizarre. And and was it, was it with a gun or was it... I mean, no, I th- not I think, that it matters. Suicide uh, is suicide, right? From from what I had seen, it was he slit his own throat. Wow, uh, or at least what I read. I didn't I didn't see any pictures or anything like that. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't like Lords of Chaos, huh? No, no, it was it was not like that. As far as I know, it was just in you know supplementary reading about the movie. Um. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, you know, looking up the different actors and what they had done, and I had seen that uh, he had he had killed himself, uh, but I did not look to see if he was the guy in Dumb and hmm. Dumber. It's a failure on my part, but okay. There's that scene in the beginning where the the body in question is alive at this time, and there's just lightning flashes, and the paintings of the presidents are watching, and there's yes, that flashes. was actually pretty well done. I thought. Yeah, and then it's like, boom, mm-hmm. you're in the Oval Office watching a movie called Murder at 1600. One or both of these people are going to mm-hmm. die. And... Yeah, safe bet. <laughs> <laughs> safe bet. And I actually, what I didn't realize, too, is that when I started the movie, because I, I, I didn't have it streaming anywhere, uh, so I rented it on iTunes. And uh, so I started the movie and my uh, granddaughters were walking through the bedroom and I'd forgot that that very first scene is almost come, almost a little mini softcore porn <laughs> thing there. And I'm like, whoa, where's my remote? <laughs> 
Yeah, it was like, of course, the only, you know, titillating scene in the whole movie. But um, I thought it was pretty well filmed, man. The way they had him, showed him having sex. And then she, you could, I don't know if it was just me, but it was like she was looking up at the pictures of the past president. She's like, wow, this is my, this is my touch with greatness. You know, this is my, this is my red dress moment. (laughs) I think it's. Did you get that feeling? There was de- there definitely seemed to be a thrill in the eyes. I don't I didn't know if it was thinking about mm-hmm. being in history or if it was she liked uh, to have sex in public, and that was like an extension of yeah, you know okay. people that get turned on by uh, ex- exhibitionism. I'm sure there's like I'm sure there's probably mm-hmm. groups of people that like to go have sex in historical places or something like that. And that's that's their thing. You know what? With the internet, I'll bet we could find such a group, man, if we set our mind to it. <laughs> Probably. I don't know how many security firewalls we'd have to go through to get invited, but you know. Uh, you know, I'll I'll just rest assured and that it's probably out there for for those that that need okay. it. And leave um, it at. You know, and maybe because. She was not. It was, it was a fabrication that she was going to be selling her story. I'm not sure if she was thinking about that in in whichever way. But well, Diane Lane's about the only other mo- woman in this movie. Because the, the first lady's in it for a second. And then there's Diane Lane and a bunch of Secret Service dudes and Dennis Miller and Wesley Snipes. Mm-hmm. And I like how they do have the part yeah. where Agent Spiking... Lots, lots is, of dudes. Yeah. <laughs> And Spikings is, he closes the door and he walks up behind her and puts his hands on her shoulders and talks about being a team player. And she, you know, turns it on. That was super creepy. Why is the door shut? (laughs) What was the meaning of all that? I think he was just trying to make her feel threatened. I don't think he was sexually harassing her. I think he was trying to make her feel threatened. You don't think so? Which which I get, well, I don't know. I mean, I guess sexual Ah. harassment is threatening but i think he was mm-hmm. trying to scare her into give me all the dirt you've got on wesley snipes and we're gonna continue with this cover-up like we did because you know she she admits that she helped in covering up shitty sons beating the shit out of his girlfriend right before she asked to be reassigned mm-hmm. so yes they're, they're covering stuff <clears throat> up before I don't know what Spikings was going to do when he has that sort of, you know, you've read me all wrong and I'm going to tell you what is actually going on, but no, I can't. Do you need to take a break or anything right now before we sort of wrap up talking about the movie and then get into... Yeah, we'll take a, take a short little break. We will be right back. Wham, bam! What the fuck just happened? Through the magic of science... We were right back in less time than that took. <laughs> I do not plan this. So murder at sixteen hundred. <laughs> yes. Mur- murder at sixteen hundred. Is Trump going to be reelected? Oh. Unfortunately, the chances the chances seem a lot a lot stronger <laughs> than I would have ever thought they possibly could. You know, <clears throat> especially yeah. with uh, Boris winning his runaway UK vote, man. It, I'll, I'll probably I would probably need a little bit more of a. Uh prep time to talk about the the ways that Corbin and Sanders are different kinds of candidates but mm-hmm. yeah what George 
H.W. Bush was the last one-term president. Oh, uh, you're right. You're right. He was the last one-term. Yeah. Well, before him, it was, what, Jimmy Carter? Carter was just LBJ, I think. Uh, but LBJ walked into yeah, Kennedy LBJ's, being assassinated, right? Yeah, he, he did that, and then he... he uh, was, Carter. Car- Carter yeah. only had one term, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure Carter just had one okay. term. The president, when I was born, was Reagan. And ah, so, you little kid, you. <laughs> <laughs> so there's just been the one one-term president. And Dana Carvey does a great okay. spe- speaking about Saturday Night Live, as we do on occasion. Yes. I clearly remember Dana Carvey as H.W. Bush going, you know, don't make me be a one-termer. He's amazing. The following is a special message from the President of the United States. Good evening, my fellow Americans. You know, in the past, when I've spoken to you from this office here, the news has always been good, not bad, good. Berlin Wall, collapse of communism, that Noriega thing over there, good, good, good. It's no wonder I'm up up around that 80% approval area. (laughs) Yeah, he was so good, man. He said, wouldn't be prudent. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. Thousand (laughs) years of light. (laughs) And Phil, oh, Phil Hartman was Admiral Stockdale for Ross Perot, for his Ross Perot. And I, yeah, yeah, it was really good. You know, right when I was starting to sort of notice politics, Saturday Night Live was doing a lot of really good shit. You know, they had Phil Hartman. I don't remember until later, but you know, Phil Hartman did a good Reagan too. Yeah, but I thought that, um, oh, uh, fuck, what's his name? Did did a really good Reagan. Um, damn it! For a Saturday Night Live buff who's literally never missed a single episode <laughs> since the first season, it, maybe that's the problem. I've been I've I've been oh, I've overindulged in Saturday Night Live, and I can't remember. But they've had a couple of different people play Reagan, right, over the years. Probably the the only one I really remember is Phil Hartman, but. I mean, Reagan was okay. around. They probably made fun of him occasionally as a governor, but he was a president for eight years. Oh, I'm sure they did. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they did. Yeah, and of course, lots of uh, callbacks to his acting career. Bedtime for Bonzo and all that kind of stuff. Bonzo goes to bed. Is one of my favorite <laughs> Ramon songs. Oh yeah. Well, hope. Well, I was going to say hopefully nobody would fuck with you if you play it at the end of the show, but. You never People know. do fuck with you about that shit, don't they? Most punk <laughs> you bands, never know. Most punk bands don't, but I think a major label owns their yeah. own songs. Um, I would think so. <laughs> but yeah, so. I, I'm gradually working my way through and getting. I've, I just got a friend wrote me and said I'm allowed to use his band's stuff, so I'm gonna be branching out. Very nice. <laughs> Very nice. cool. Yeah. So Trump, he's got a good chance. Incumbents are have a higher likelihood of getting reelected. Uh, oh, yeah. absolutely! Yeah, H.W. H. Bush was. The and last I mean, one-termer. it's not. It's like, well, I hate to. I hate almost hate to say this, but it, it's almost like I was hoping there was going to be a complete meltdown after that bullshit with the Iran, Iranian uh, military official. Oh, Soleimani! <laughs> I, I know that's horrible for me to say that. Yeah, I, I was kind of hoping there would be a complete meltdown and a lot of accountability, but there wasn't. <laughs> He's like, they used to call Reagan the Teflon president. I mean, this dude is like super Teflon, man. 
Well, you know, I don't, well, uh, you probably know, but do you know who helped Reagan and Bush get out of the whole Iran-Contra shit? It was Bill Barr. No shit. Yes. Oh, he's, look up who well. he's worked for in the past. Okay, quite <laughs> and, a know, resume, huh? Roger Stone uh, ha- is uh, got a tattoo of Nixon's face on his back. And, you know, Roger Ailes, who started Fox, said that it wouldn't have happened. Nixon would have stayed in office if he had a TV network like the one he created called Fox News. Uh, yeah, <laughs> wow. That very well said. <laughs> very well said indeed, man. And the truth, the truth, the truth can definitely be molded and formed and pressed. And <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But wow. John Bolton, it... we were talking about him earlier. He worked with those guys. Right? Speaking of drain the swamp and all these people that were in mm-hmm. the Reagan administration and the Bush yeah, that administrations. Are back. I'm back. <laughs> yeah. Like just like swamp rats. They keep coming back. Right. Uh, totally against message. So it, it it's hard to tell. I. I didn't take it for granted, but I did not think that Trump was going to get elected the first time. Now, yeah, he he does. Oh, have nobody that. did. He's nobody. Got, I don't think he did. I think he was ready to have another reality show, which he has. But now we all have to watch it, and we're all part of it. And yeah, presidents have all the power, especially when you're using the Justice Department to investigate your political enemies and to let all your friends who could damage you go unprosecuted or, you know, all that other fun stuff. But on the other hand, I, to a fault, am still an optimist at heart. I think he can win, but I really think he can get beaten. I, you know, he barely won. Yeah. He barely fucking won. He got millions fewer votes than Hillary Clinton and everybody hated her. Yeah, he absolutely did absolutely did not win the popular vote. I mean, e- even he admits that. You know, it all came down to as always the electoral college, right? He sort of says that, but he still says so, that there were more fake votes against him than he w- than he lost by. You know, he says you know, what he lost by almost four million fewer votes, right? I think he's says mm-hmm. that of all the illegals that got bust in from Canada and, oh, that's and Massachusetts right. and Mexico to illegally vote against him, right. he would have ha- also had the popular <laughs> vote as Sean Spicer fucking told everybody. Sure. And he's going back to the White House. Right. He got another job there. Dancing with the Stars didn't work out. Right. <laughs> in more ways than one. Although he lasted a lot longer than I thought he should have, because that asshole did not know how to dance. <laughs> <laughs> I still have only seen I, pictures. I watch that show religiously. I watch it religiously with my wife, because she loves it, so I, I watch it with her. Because she watches so many, you know, crazy sci-fi, American horror story, and all these other, you know, crazy shows with me. Yeah. So I figure I could at least watch Dancing with the Stars with her, right? Yeah. Plus, there's some incredibly hot female dancers out there <laughs> that look extremely good in some of those dresses and there high heels. So I do, I, I do, uh, you know, suffer to watch that that with her. And he was fucking horrible, dude. <laughs> I, I don't how he made it to like the semifinals. I have no idea. I, you know, I, I guess it was just like the. Super fans that would call in and vote a hundred times for him. I don't know. 
I think a little bit of that. I think people enjoyed him embarrassing himself. You know, yeah, I think, I think it was true. like he I spent his time that. in the stocks in I the village square or whatever those are called. Where right. Like, yeah. <laughs> people throwing camp cabbages and tomatoes at him. Speaking of which, uh, are you a Monty Python fan at all? Yes. Well, then you're going to enjoy uh, our Horror Returns show next week, man. Oh, really? Because we have got a a special... You know how we do, sometimes do things that are not horror movies? We, we have a salute to Monty Python next week. Movies and or shows. So at the... Um, at, at the at, yes, at the request of one of our um, Patreon patrons, uh, Jack Falvey IV... He's a huge Monty Python fan, so we're gonna we're gonna check out three Monty Python movies and also a Fish Called Wanda. Oh, of course, you gotta watch Fish Called Wanda. Sorry to have troubled you, folks. I'll see myself. Uh, up. Keep everyone informed. So there's no panic, ma'am. But isn't it a secret? You have no idea how secret. Well, why are you telling everyone? It's a smokescreen. What? Double bluff. Look, you obviously don't know anything about intelligence work, lady. It's an XK Red 27 technique. Very much looking forward to it, man. And then um, my, when my my wife, we're gonna do a show that my wife uh, picks next, and we're gonna do we're gonna do three rom coms. So, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> rom coms like Lifetime Channel style rom coms, or The Notebook, or Black not Book, or actually, uh, I'm not. I'm Love not going to. I'm not going to give give up too much. Two, two, two of them I really like, and oh well, I love Love Actually. That's a great Christmas movie. But it's two of them I really like, and one of them I really hate, and I uh, can't wait to shit all over it. <laughs> but uh, I, I I don't want to say what the movies are yet. No worries. But uh, I think we'll have them all picked out within a month or so. Well, I noticed you have a lot of um, uh, documentaries possibly coming up, right? Possibly. Yeah. I've, I've, there was, I forget what I was doing. I think I was listening to some gibberish Trump speech and I just started making a list of election themed or election relevant movies. Michael Moore does some really good stuff, man. He, he get he gets pretty deep. I mean, uh, he does get a little bit irritating sometimes cause he's sometimes he will belabor the point, I believe, but he he's like probably one of the best docu in my opinion one of the best documentarians going right now because he does dig so deep on his subject matter and he he doesn't exactly blush you know what I mean like he's not afraid to expose things for what they are when he was making Sicko I don't know if you've seen that one it's about that uh, I've seen every single one of okay. of his films I, I I I love everything he's done man although I. I I get tears sometimes watching him. Unfortunately, it can definitely happen. Uh, but when he when he was making Sicko, he came here to do a rally. I can't remember who it was for, but he and Vigo Mortensen came and did a rally for some yes. politician. He had found a, a fax or an email or something that was going around a bunch of the healthcare companies. Of instructions of what you're supposed to do if Michael Moore shows up and there's all this stuff and there's a help <laughs> there's a helpline if you don't know what to do so he had Vigo dial Holy on shit. his phone and put uh, the crowd in because he did a thing at the theater here called the Pal I think it was at the Palace Theater so he had him hold up his phone now, are, 
Hmm? Are you in Columbus? I'm, I'm yes. sorry, man, not to interrupt. No um, problem. You're in Columbus, right? Yes, sir. And they had us call the the helpline, the emergency helpline, and just say, he's here, what do I mm-hmm. do? But it was, you know, a couple hundred people. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, yeah, Michael Moore, you know, Fahrenheit 11.9. I did not see that in the theater. The movies of his that I saw in the theater, either when they came out or when a place was doing a showing, was, uh, you know, Fahrenheit 9.11, Bowling for Columbine. Mm-hmm. Those are the two that I saw in the theater. Uh, but I think I've Ro- seen Roger, them. Roger and me. Roger and me was kind of the one that got him in the spotlight, right? That yeah. was sort of his his breakout. Yeah, I think he had done <clears throat> some cable access or some TV show type stuff before that. But I think Roger and yes! me was his first documentary. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah, it. it, it I love watching his stuff because it's so deep, but he, it gets so depressing, dude. Because. <laughs> He like hits the nail on the head a little too close, too close to home, you know. Just the the things that are going on, man. He he he's not afraid to expose shit. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, right now, I'm watching Who Killed Malcolm X. I've never even heard of it, man. I think it just came out this year. Maybe four or five parts, I think. And it's this guy. No kidding. That's on Netflix. Yeah. All right, I'm adding that to my queue as we speak. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, it's it's this guy that uh, he's a Muslim himself, and mm-hmm. he's a historian. I think he's a tour guide in Washington D.C. Speaking of 600 Pennsylvania or murder at 1600 and all the politics that we're mm-hmm. talking, but he sure. just really started researching the murder of Malcolm X. And there's some interviews with a lot of people that were there, a lot of people that were in. Uh, you know, around him, knew him, a lot of uh, video footage and photographs, and it's interesting. So, yeah, that's what I'm watching now. But, uh, you know, Dirty Money, if you want to hate people or hate the medical industry, that's a good one. Mm, uh, I've heard about that, but I've never I've never watched it. Now, is that also a Netflix, like a series type uh, documentary? Yes, each episode's about a different thing. There's, you know, the medical okay. industry. Oh, and, yes, yes, yeah. yes. I do remember seeing that one. It, uh, I had it in my queue for a little bit, but for whatever reason, I kind of moved on to something else. Because it's not happy. <laughs> it's Yeah. Just like I'm going to watch The Great Hack sometime soon here. I haven't seen that yet. That one I have seen. That one I have seen. That it it's okay, but it's not quite as dramatic a, as I was hoping it would be. I don't know, man. It it what it didn't go as deep. Uh, it, okay, so this is to in my opinion, this is what sets Michael Moore apart from other documentarians is he fucking goes for it. <laughs> you may not you may love him, you may hate him, but he goes for the jugular, right? Every time. Like when he showed up at the oh, the the fucking actor that was in uh the Kubrick film that was the National Rifle, a uh, the NRA spokesman. Yeah, he showed up at Charlton Heston's place. Fucking hitting his, hitting the button on on his uh, entryway uh, alarm there. Like, yeah. uh, hey, I'm here to talk to Charlton Heston. <laughs> or like we... him or love him, dude. And I, I really thought that that documentary um, just didn't go deep enough. It was more fluffy. He makes but... more declarative statements with his documentaries than some people will. Yeah. Uh, uh, Let's leave it at that, man. That's that's a good way to put it. And you can always tell it's it's a Michael Moore film when you see it, you know. At, le- at least when you start hearing that voice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> you knew he directed the uh, John Candy movie, uh, 
uh, Canadian bacon. Yes, that was a fun one. Vanessa and I, I had... actually covered that on here a couple of Christmases ago. Like right around the time you you were in New Orleans, probably. Damn it, <laughs> and I missed you. <laughs> no, I don't think it. Maybe it was a little bit longer. My my son was one or two, and he's getting ready to turn five this year. And is he still a little hellion? A little bit, a little bit. Uh, he's he's chilling out a little bit more now that he uh, plays his drums more often, and he's doing hockey. Oh, nice, nice. So he's, well, that's yeah. That's definitely two ways to get your aggression out. <laughs> I yeah. The more drums I play, the chiller I am. The more chill yes. that I am, and I sometimes I'll sit down and play on his little kit just because I don't feel like setting up my full size kit. And it still has a mm-hmm. little bit of that effect. And it's it, going back to what you were talking about. I don't know if you want to get away from it, but the election this year, mm-hmm. I'm definitely taking a little bit more medicine and playing a bit more drums. You know, it's primary season now. For some reason, they moved the, our primary to St. Patrick's day. Interesting. Okay. Uh, so you have yeah. a lot of drunk Irish people voting. I don't know. I'm, or I'm not, not voting. Probably <laughs> not voting. The, you know, my city, my city is largely independents and Democrats, but the state, okay. the state is mostly Republican controlled. You know, there's like Cleveland, Columbus, and Cincinnati are more, uh-huh. uh, more Democrats than Republicans. But you know, uh, our governor is a Republican. One of our senators is a Republican. We're super fucking gerrymandered. My or gerrymandered. Yeah. My congressional uh, representative is a Republican because they shoot this tiny sliver into the city to mm-hmm. to to and then it does makes this weird shape where my dad and I, I think I might have told you this, but my dad and I are in the same voting district, and he lives about an hour away towards Cleveland. Crazy. <laughs> Unbelievable, yeah. man. They made mm-hmm. they changed. Uh, the primary to be on St. Patrick's Day. And with most Republicans, the way they see it is the fewer people who vote, the better it is for them. And statistically, that is true. Republicans are more likely to vote in every election. And they usually have a unified, unifi- uni- unified behind one candidate for the most part. So it's weird. We're, we're, our congressional districts are going to be redrawn. We, we passed a by ballot, we passed a redistricting thing because our decision of the Supreme Court overturned. <laughs> I mean, so so is so is that a good thing that it it is going to be uh, redrawn or it, what? It will be redrawn, but it's not going to be the maps that the that the court agreed was more fair. It's going to be this thing where forty percent of the minority party has to agree to the map that the majority party draws. And this and that and the okay. other thing instead of things that are made by computers to be fair. Very, very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> very, very strange, man. Yeah. And the so <clears throat> but yeah, it will be better, I mm-hmm. imagine. But it's it's annoying as fuck. People are getting thrown off the polls left and right. They pass that thing giving, uh, you know, in places like Florida where felons who are out of prison got their right to vote mm-hmm. back, especially when they use people who are in jails and prisons who can't vote to count as population mm-hmm. for congressional yeah. districts. Yeah, and yet they don't vote. No, nope, they don't <laughs> How vote. How does that make they, sense? They take up, you know, it's, yeah. That's, uh, again, that's another, that's another episode. But, um, 
what we what were you talking about the uh, the box from uh, <laughs> the, the Clive Barker movies? <laughs> oh, the the lament configuration, the ultimate puzzle box, right? Try to figure that one out. Yeah, it's early on in the election season, like you were saying. You were thinking about what what if I if the the way that Iran was handled, if that blew up, and there's you know there is quite a bit of time between now and November. If, if you're hearing this right away, and maybe you're listening to this in the future, and if you're listening in, to this in the future, that means some of us made it. I've almost come around, man. I, I mean, you you know me. You, you've, I, you and I have been talking about this or messaging about this for a couple of years, that I want a young candidate, right? Like the youngest possible blood. But I, I could kind of go with Bernie at this point, as long as he gets a good young vice president. And I, think- I don't want to sound morbid. <laughs> but I think you know where I'm going here, right? He would be the oldest elected president ever. Uh, if, if After if he, Trump only, right? Trump is 72. Trump is younger. He he is now the oldest. Yeah, he is. Trump is now the oldest president ever elected. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, to date. Yeah, to date. Uh, his doctor says that he is in perfect 100% awesomeness health. But of course, all those all those Big Macs, <laughs> all those Big Macs, all those hamburgers and kofifi and, and the quasi beef. <laughs> and, you know, perfect run of the mill last minute rushes to the hospital. Everything's fine. I'm just hoping they've got a great pool boy there at the White House for his wife, for, for his wife's sake. You know, sorry I, about that. She might. I don't even know if she lives at the White House anymore, but everybody, you know how the 7000 people that have left the administration already have all put out books. Most of them say that they do stay in separate bedrooms. You know what? There's there's no lack of pool boys and cabana boys in Florida. That yeah, that is where, where they live now. The winter where White Mar-a-Lago House. is. That's yeah. Right. Speaking of the Secret Service so, uh, and that whole bill. Uh, that we have yet to seen how much it costs, but I've seen anywhere of uh, you know six hundred to seven hundred dollars per night for each room for each Secret Service person for each day that they are there. Well, basically, one day's of expenses could probably feed or take care of the medical needs of yeah you know, a city. So yeah, you know like it all it all comes out in the wash, right? But it's owning the libs. Ay ay ay. But yeah, so it's going to be a fucked up election. Uh, you know, we do need young blood, but we need, I just need a nominee that people can get excited about because I think a lot of people voted for Clinton because, I mean, no matter how little you like her, it wouldn't have been as bad as Trump. So I have to ask you, man, so so while we're on record and we're actually uh, recording a podcast and everything, you, you said you have some issues with, with Buttigieg. What, what are those issues? The, my main issues with him are how quickly he seems to have stepped away from a lot of his ideas that he started with that I was excited about. So the so the wishy washy factor then. Yeah, I, I totally get changing okay. changing your position, but, you know, he... I think it's great if people can change their minds on new information, but on blind faith of somebody I don't really know anything about, I'm a little less excited about somebody who couldn't win an election in Indiana. 
a statewide election in indiana fair fair enough the whole accountability thing and everything but um i mean bernie bernie's got some great ideas Uh, uh, you gotta admit we've we've gone so far to the I don't, I don't know if we've really, have we gone that far to the right or is Trump just like, is he putting on the grand show? You know, does he really believe this shit? I mean, does he really think it's healthy to keep fracking and to close down all these national wildlife refuges? And he, he I, does or he I mean, care. really, you know, he, he is, he likes Mr. To short pour, term. He's Mr. Yeah. Short term, right? Yeah. Short term cash out, declare bankruptcy. I, I voted for Sanders in the primary last time. Bloomberg and Biden need to go away. Bloomberg I, introduced I, and endorsed George W. Bush at the Republican convention. That's how right. sh- recently he was a Republican. Bloomberg's got... Well, have you seen... All, you've seen all the pictures of him, like, hugging and basically sucking Trump's dick. Or hanging out with Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, I've seen all those too. Um, defending stop and frisk by saying, "Well, basically, yeah, all yeah. criminals are black people." And, well, sure, you know, and grab grab them by the pussy. Especially if he holds true to his word, where he will says that he will pay for five hundred staffers for whoever the nominee is, even okay. if it's not him. Well, that would be great if he did. Fuck, I mean, there was four point four or four point five million people who voted for Barack Obama, who did not vote in the 2016 election. Now, there were now people, why, why uh, was that? Why was that? I, I think that Clinton didn't really get a lot of people excited. Or, I mean, there, were people, there are people that don't like Hillary Clinton because she's a woman. But I think well, there are yeah. people oh, that don't like her because they, too. they don't like, like her politics. It's like we're not quite ready for a female president. You know? Yeah. I'm surprised that Warren is tanking. She's doing so well, hey, poorly so a- far. Look! Look at look at it this way. Uh, if you th- if you think about it, Darren, we, we we let black men vote several years before we let white women vote. Correct? Because didn't all that um um uh, whoops the, uh, a lot of the suffragette movement and stuff was like in the like the early 1900s for fuck's sake? We, we were that fucking backwards for that long, right? Yeah. Well, let's see, women's suffrage. I mean, it's I know that's hard to believe, man. Yeah, and then but a lot I, of people I, didn't I, get the I, right to vote think. until the Civil Rights Act in the 60s. Which is crazy, right? I mean, fuck. A lot oh, of shit. our friends are nihilistic and think that everything's fucking over already. I can't think like that because the only thing to do is to try to make it not happen. This is the first presidential election of the show because the first uh, the show was in the planning stages last time. Mm-hmm. And the first episode came out right around the inauguration. So okay, I don't know if I'm going to get dark or distracted or both this year. That's why I've got comedies or I feel like shit documentaries. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to balance that. Uh, we're all going through this together. I think a lot of the political opposition to Trump is going to be a clearer picture after Super Tuesday this year. Are you, are you now, when when is uh, when when is Super Tuesday? That is at the beginning of March. I think it's the first Tuesday in March. Uh, and that is okay. So that's when the picture will really come into it. Like for example, four years ago, is that when it became clear that Trump was a real contender, or was it after that even? It was a little bit after that. He really, I think, 
it was around the summer when everybody's like, oh, shit. Okay. Some states are canceling their Republican primaries because they say that, you know, why bother? But uh, yeah, why bother? It, it's <laughs> ordained, right? He's the chosen. He's the chosen one. Yep. <laughs> the golden Cheeto calf. F- for the, <laughs> right. the really bad. Uh, <laughs> oh, what was you, you saw that picture that showed half of his face orange and behind oh. that was the. No, if 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 his pigment matched the the parts around his eyes or behind his ears, yeah, right, um, unbelievable man. But uh, Super Tuesday, beginning of March, is Alabama, Arkansas, California, Colorado, Maine, Massachusetts, Minnesota, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Vermont, okay. and Virginia. Uh, and yeah, my well, state's primary is uh, like two weeks later. Well, I guess we shall see how it goes, huh? Hopefully there won't be a murder at 1600. Yep, hopefully it's not a contested convention. Uh, <laughs> right. I mean, we've we've seen the stuff about the 1968 Democratic Convention. Mm-hmm. But imagine that, but in Milwaukee now. Well, if that happened now, they'd probably be quicker to get beaten with clubs and tear gas. But I don't know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> you, know you never know. But, or as Trump likes to yell out, throw them out of here, throw them out of here. <laughs> they they say something negative about what I'm what I'm preaching. I can't remember the last time he said that lie about being a president for everybody. But yeah, he's 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 got a chance. The odds are in his favor. But yeah, he won by two votes per precinct in Michigan. Two votes. Wow. Wow. Um and you know, I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure he's got some new fans, but I really doubt that he picked up a lot of yeah. fans. I bet he lost a lot of. What's the worst that could happen? People. I think that there's going to be more people strategically voting this election. At least I hope so. There. Uh, if... I, I I know I I know I will be. I won't be throwing my vote away like I did last time on principle. I'll vote. I'll vote for Biden. Yeah. That's who it is. There's, I don't there, want to. <laughs> there's a variety of holding noses. Uh, I got gotcha. you. Different strengths, and uh, but you know, yeah, primary season is the time to tell everyone why the person that you support should be the person, and why the people that they aren't going to be. Yeah, it's you know, just try to keep it nice, and I don't know. But I, I haven't given up yet. <laughs> I might be fooling myself, but I also am not the person that's punished the most by a Trump presidency. You know, other than empathy for others. Technically, you're not. But <laughs> yeah, technically, but I, I don't know. Well, I, at, I, at the end of the day, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you say something that makes sense. At the end sense. of the day, Darren. Well, no, we're all, we're all we're all one country. We're all one world. And if one of us gets sick or if, if something happens to one of us or if one of us is 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 treated unfairly or if one of us is uh, denied human rights, we, we, we really all are, man. So at the end of the day, we're kind of in this together. So if you don't see that right now and if you think, well, I'm getting a little leg up by, you know, going this way because they're they have the same skin color as I do or they're the same. Uh, sex as I am or whatever, you're kind of fooling yourself because <laughs> believe you me, we're, we're, we're all in this thing together. There's no doubt. Everybody's water is getting poisoned. And on that note, 
Um, do you got any more? I know you you plugged your upcoming Monty Python tribute and your rom coms. Um, do you have anything else you'd like to say about uh, Murder <laughs> right. Sixteen Hundred or you know the Horror Returns? I if we didn't say this at the beginning, and if you don't recognize him from anywhere else, this is Lance and I am Darren. Murder at sixteen hundred. Uh, I had fun. I enjoyed it, man. And fucking, you, you can never go wrong with Wesley Snipes. <laughs> you know, I mean, when he, like I say, when he showed up in the opening scene and he was chewing on that unlit cigar, and he and he he got up close to that dude and just fucking punched him, <laughs> and then uh, realized that the gun was on safety, so the guy really had no intent to kill himself anyway, or at least no knowledge of how to do so. You kind of know what you're dealing with. I mean, it's not going to win. It did. Well, not going to win 1997 movie. It didn't win any Academy Awards, obviously. But uh, yeah, do yourself a favor. If you haven't seen Murder at 1600, go check it out. Fun movie. Yeah, I I agree with you. Murder at 1600 was fun. Even remembering how it ended. I didn't remember how they got there. When I was younger and I saw it, I didn't think as much about the entire cabinet trying to fabricate a war. Now I want to see Demolition Man. I've I've already got plans, but not scheduled. There there's supposed to be a New Jack City episode on Psycho Semantic sometime here. The plan is to do it sometime this year. And yeah, uh, VD Clinic. I should plug that next episode should be the 1991 movie Daughters of the Dust, and we're also doing a book put together by Zora Neale Hurston. Uh, called Every Tongue Got to Confess, and it's like a collection of uh, folk tales and uh, stories by uh, Southern African Americans, the Gulf Coast. I have heard of. I have heard of it. Yep. Um, I've heard of the book. I've never read it though. It's it's pretty uh, it's pretty good. Uh, the the audiobook version is read by Ozzy Davis and um, Ruby D. And I think that's kind of it. You know, the Atomic Age saucer cast has been on a little bit of a break, but uh, Jerry says that Kill the Cast will be back in March. So Atomic Age saucer cast might pick back up after that. And who the fuck knows? But thank you so much for your time, man. And uh, I don't know if there's a life message that we sometimes do at the end of these episodes that come from murder at 1600, a little bit of advice, something to live by in the, from the movie. What do you think it would be? I don't know. (laughs) Don't be a shithead that beats your girlfriend and nobody will frame you for murder. Maybe. Well, Um, okay. There you go. But yeah, you know, president Ronnie Cox has the best intentions. I think him holding out, not starting a war, Hopefully mm-hmm. they worked out a deal to get the uh, the captive soldiers back. But if anything's like now, you know, uh, North Korea doesn't mind killing Americans and sending them back. It was that auto mm-hmm. auto guy. Can't remember the last name because so many terrible things have happened in the last few years. But um. And yeah, Alan Alda's a much more likable in things like MASH. <laughs> or anything else besides yeah, or, this. Or anything else. Because <laughs> this is the first thing I've hated him in, ever. 
And I'm I'm glad they did this with Wesley Snipes and not Bruce Willis. Nothing against him, but I feel like it might have been like a okay diehard kind of movie if he was in it. Maybe a lot more harmonica solos. <laughs> <laughs> and always bet on black. Don't forget to duck and cover. He did what we all must learn to do. You and you and you.